Welcome to the Busy Mumsy Podcast, Season 2. I'm your forever coffee-infused host, Ashley Verma, and we are all here weekly to share the ups, downs, and all-arounds of the wild world of parenting. A safe space, a Lego-free space, to vent, to inspire, and well, perhaps this is the only adult conversation you hear all day. What is Adia doing? A, B, C, D. <laughs> is that funny? So each week, I will be joined by a fellow striving, thriving, and surviving busy mumsy. We learn together. We grow together. Hell, we cheers with an adult bevy when necessary. I get it. I am human and failures simply happen. I am not shiny and I am never filtered unapologetically. I am at its best. Even when the dishes aren't done, there's crayon on the wall, and well, my hair hasn't been washed in forever. I am Busy Mumsy. My glorious Busy Mumsies, welcome to season two. My goodness. Ah! I'm so excited as the voices on the show continue to become louder, more inspiring, if that was even possible. And I am so beyond freaking honored for so many busy mumsies to take time with me to share their stories, the hows, the whys. Each and every single one of these journeys are beyond meaningful. And I can only hope the message you hear help you in a time of need, make you have a big old belly laugh or answer any of your questions that you may have as we have some incredible experts already on the platform and so many more to come. Oh, oh I- I can hear Adia making her way towards my room. So um, I told her that uh, today's guest is a magical princess ballerina. And I swear, Adia's eyes widen beyond I ever thought possible. (laughs) Well, today I am honored to welcome Ingrid Silva onto the Busy Mumsy podcast. Just a mere 13 years ago, Ingrid moved from the humble outskirts of Rio de Janeiro to one of the most acclaimed ballet companies in the U.S., Ingrid is now the first dancer of Dance Theater of Harlem, a ballet company which is worldwide renowned for prioritizing Afro-descendant dancers in their casting. Using her voice and her stunning ballet moves, Ingrid has been a force advocating diversity and equality in the dance sector. Ingrid has graced the cover of Vogue Brazil with her little baby girl inside her tummy, is the Dior Vibe Ambassador, And she's the founder of Empower Her New York, an organization that seeks to empower women through education. And lastly, because, you know, Ingrid's not busy enough, she co-founded Blacks in Ballet, an NGO that aims to give visibility to dancers. Well, Addie is here. So we are ready to welcome Ingrid Silva for a busy mumsy chat. So let's go. Ingrid Silva, welcome to the Busy Mumsy podcast. Yeah. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> and then say, this is Adia's first time ever meeting a well-renowned, absolute boss woman of a ballerina. Can you say ballerina? Oh. Ballerina. It was so important for me to have Adia meet someone so influential like yourself. Yeah, that's it. So important. Now, I think you might go play soccer now. Do you want to go play soccer? Yeah. Okay, go fi- go go for it. Go find Anna and you can go play soccer. Oh, and there's your little one. 
What is her name? Laura. Laura. Oh, such a pleasure. So nice to meet you. Hi. You know, so so I am starting season two. I've I've said it already many a times, and it's so important to me to shake it up a bit, right? We're going into in this new year now, 2023. And for me, the voices of Busy Mumsy get louder, they get prouder, and they actually showcase the little ones, the ones that make us Busy Mumsy, right, Ingrid? Exactly. <laughs> I honestly, what you are doing, how you are striving, thriving, and surviving it all, I do not know, which is what we're going to learn about. <laughs> One day at a time. That's all I can say. One Laura, day do you time. have anything to say about this? Do you have anything to say about Mama? One day at a time. You're shy. You're shy. And, mama, and Mama's awesome. Mama is awesome. <laughs> well, Ingrid, again, it is a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I want to go back to where you're from. And how did you make your way to America? So I started ballet when I was eight years old in a community dance project called Dançando Pra Não Dançar. And I had no dreams of becoming a dancer, but I think everything started to working out towards taking me to the dance world. Um, also, I noticed by my teacher that I was very talented and she was really excited. And then I think she worked it out, everything that was possible to make me grow. And I started to fall in love with ballet, falling in love with everything that ballet had. And I mean, that was one of the most exciting moments. And then at 12, one teacher sparkled the question and she was like, would you like to become a professional dancer? And I was like, yeah, of course. And has this history kind of. And here you are. So when yeah. did you make the move to America from Brazil? So I came in 2008, I auditioned via video to Dance State of Harlem, and it was one of the most amazing moments because I had no idea that I might would, and at the moment, the person holding me was Arthur Mitchell. So that oh was gosh. wow to that, me. He wow. definitely yeah. saw something in me, mm -hmm. and then gave me the opportunity to come to the States. So I came in 2008, didn't speak any English. So this conversation would not be happening 14 years ago, but I learned my way through it. And um, it was the first time actually stepping in a building or an organization that I saw myself in many ways. Um, as a woman of color in the dance world is still very hard. Um, there is diversity happening, but not fast enough. So all of us feel included and it takes time. It takes time. And um, it was really beautiful to be able to become this professional dancer and be seen for the first time. But Ingrid, where did the confidence come from? 14 years ago, you did not speak English and you just, you know, you beautifully introduced your daughter to me and, oh, she's a little bit shy. Yeah. Where on earth, how do you find that confidence, that voice? Um, I think that confidence comes from my mom and my family. Um, I have many strong women in my in my life, and they have been supporting me at every way, at every time. And there are not, I mean, not all the moments. I think I could say that I'm always strong, but I try to be, and I try to push, you know, because we are always so scared of everything. 
Um, everything is so new. As a new mom, perceiving my career, there is so many little of us. And I think, I, first, I believe in myself. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have to hear anyone approval. And I think that's the biggest message. If each one of us just believe in ourselves, that's halfway of the battle. And then from there, we're always looking, looking for inspiration in other people. We have to find it in ours, in our stories. We are interesting people and inspiring people as well. Why not look into the inner self? And I think I do that a lot. And then with that, I started to find my voice and my confidence and believing that it was possible. So then was it easy for you when you fell pregnant to hold tightly to that confidence? Because, okay, let's be very honest. You are in the dance world. I'm originally from the Broadway world. It is cutthroat. Yeah. It is. Someone is ready to kickball change and pirouette you out into the, you know, stage left, if you will, say good ta-ta and someone else has replaced you, right? Yeah. So you fall pregnant and your body is going to change and mm-hmm. your aesthetic and your your abilities, not that your your abilities could be enhanced. I mean, I have to say I am quite good at certain things now that I was never mm-hmm. good at. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the same right? way. But, but there is those challenges and for someone who came to a new country that learned a new language and, you know, has diversity thrown in, into the mix of it, there had to be some sort of moments and wavering of like, can I, will I, how can I, how did you, how did Ingrid go for it? I think first for me, it was the shock of being pregnant. I mean, we've always wanted a family. We knew that that was going to happen. We just didn't know when. And we never planned because, you know, it was just not going to work. You. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> when you plan too much, it doesn't work the way you want to. And when you don't plan, everything falls into whatever it's supposed to happen. So I think that meant to be, especially with the pandemic, we weren't really dancing in theaters. Everything was closed. We didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. But Going back deeply psychologically, um, honestly, it was kind of traumatic at first because it was like, oh my gosh, I work with my body. How is that going to help me now? Or what's going to happen with me? I had no idea, you know? So I think for that reason, it was one of the most scary moments. Also, I worked so hard to get to where I am. And I was like, why having a baby now? Like, what is, what is this? message what is this purpose what if i'm not able to accomplish the things that i still have to work on so it was very scary um i had many crazy thoughts um of what was going to happen with my future but it was so funny because we first found out at april fools so we thought it was a joke and we went to the doctor to do our um blood test and we went feeling certain type of way and then we came back like oh my gosh we're going to have a baby and it's going to be the most amazing thing. We're going to be great parents. And I think from that moment on, that's when like everything changed our energy changed. Um, we were just so thrilled dancing at home. It wasn't that fun. It no. started out very well. And then it ended up being like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to go to the studio. I need space. So then I danced the whole pregnancy until 39 weeks because I also think for dancers, you have to have a plan if you want to come back. That is no way 
you dance and you don't do nothing unless if you were extremely gifted, legs and feet, and you don't have to work for anything, then you can just sit at home, eat whatever you want, relax, and enjoy the ride. Also, if you choose that. But if you want to hustle some more and still be on that stage, you need to have a plan. So my plan was dance while I was pregnant so my body would never lose the sensibility and the strength. Um, I did a lot of personal training at the gym. Um, I did yoga because the mind needed to be at ease and happy. Um, and I did a lot of reading, enjoying, and being away from people. Because one thing I must say, when you get pregnant, everybody's an expert. And they want to oh. tell you everything that they know without you, you know, asking I them. I, I actually have found myself at times with with uh, friends of mine that have fallen pregnant. I'm like, well, you need to do this, this, and this. And I'll be like, Ashley, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Let them find their path, their journey. That is okay. Yeah, definitely. So I think for me, that really worked. I wasn't in contact with anybody. And that was perfect. One, because I feel like as a blank canvas, you want to write your own story. And I'm pretty sure if I had heard other people's experiences, it would psych up into my journey. And I didn't want that. So that I think having a baby during the pandemic for me personally was the best moment. I was calm. I had a break. I didn't really have to work. Um, it was the first time actually I relaxed. I ate whatever I wanted. Um, I enjoyed the time of being pregnant. And I only, like what I wrote in my book, it was funny. I only realized fully that I was pregnant about seven months because my belly was so small and I was so active. Like I didn't feel any pain. I wasn't vomiting, no headaches, nothing. Like nothing was happening, but it was happening. So Ingrid, I, I walked like a duck. I mean, the, I, I got, to, I mean, at seven months, you couldn't get me off the couch unless it was a forklift. <laughs> wow. I, I did work out. I agree with you. I think that whatever you're doing prior to be, to falling pregnant, I, I, you know, I train lots of people as a personal trainer now. And for me, I always guide them in the direction of, you are not going to run a marathon tomorrow now that you're pregnant. Let's, we're not aiming for that, but we need to keep you strong. So yeah. you definitely touched on staying strong, staying healthy, mind and body. It was so important. I did the same, but I also found myself at times very comfortable on the couch, very comfortable yeah. on you know the fifth season of something from Netflix and very much enjoying Cheetos. Like that was like kryptonite to me, but you know, but as you said, you, you had a game plan of bounce back because you were not done being on the stage. Yeah. And, and even go like, even to say like you were doing work while pregnant, because we are going to do a little like pirouette into the fact that you were on the cover of Vogue Brazil yes. with a little baby in your tummy. Like, yeah. Can we reflect back on that for a second? Because that photo is stunning. Yeah, how did I that make you feel? Like, like, how did that make you feel like going into the shoot and then to see it with your own eyes? Well, it was amazing. Actually, the shoot was at my brother-in-law apartment living room. 
um, it was so interesting because I've never been so exposed. And I wasn't sure on how people would see me. Um, as a dancer, yes, I'm an artist. I'm used to all of that jazz. But there was something about being open to motherhood and being bare-skinned and being a dancer that was really powerful in that sense that I've never explored. And it was really interesting as well to see how everything had unfolded because it was like, wow, I'm on a cover, but this is all of me. Usually you have all the clothing, all the makeup, all of all that stuff. And I was like, it's just me. And this is who I am. And it's also the beauty of like being a ballerina, the simplicity, right? Exactly. So like, even though it's so technical and it's so intricate, you make it so simple. Exactly. And I think that to me as well was a highlight. I mean, I've received so many beautiful messages of people like, wow, I've never seen something like that in my whole life. And I was like, well, actually, me neither. And being, mm-hmm. that, being that vessel for so many people, even to myself, it was so beautiful because you never expect for those things to happen, you know? And how the cover has reached globally, many different places, I still get messages now. And I'm like, wow, it was really, it was really important. And I think reflecting and seeing from years to come when Laura see that photo, I mean... It's just really beautiful to be part of that journey with her. And I think if motherhood hasn't knocked on my door, then I would never had that experience or never knew that that was that. Did you also, I guess, in the sense of realize or know that you had such a strong voice and you were going to be this impactful and it took Laurel to kind of like push you in that direction are you shocked by that or did you know that like this was always inside of you honestly I feel like yes my journey has been pretty powerful but I get surprised all the time with many opportunities um I know I'm capable of and I know there is a lot of people looking up to me and I have a voice but it's still I it still gets me to that feeling of like wow you you're really asking me for this like do you really see me which is great because for some people that goes into their heads and they become something else and then for me I will always remain the person that has worked really hard and um, it's finding its ways and every day I, I always consider myself an upcoming artist and I think with that with that in mind it's easy to navigate all the amazing crazy stuff I get and then the simple stuff and it's so beautiful to to reflect that I'm grateful for every little thing because it's going to hit people differently and it always hit me differently. And I think that's when I know the meaning of who I am to myself, but also to others. And as you move forward now and you have your little mini me with you um, every step of the way, which I personally love, how is that though navigating your crazy anywhere, what, from eight to 12 shows a week, like how, when you're in season and then you've got rehearsal and then you, I mean, the ballet world is bananas with like, you've got rep, right? From like yeah. eight morning to like yeah. one or something. Yeah. Um, look at me with my ballet terminology back mm-hmm. in my day. Um, But I mean, it's a crazy schedule. Like yeah. how, 
how has that been for you and your daughter navigating that together? Because she, you know, they're, they're in that period. She's two, what she's two in what, three months. My, yeah. Like a she, just that turned, world. she just turned two in November. So not in even yeah. Yeah. So too. So it's like, you know, really clingy. I, I, I mean, I find that like girls typically are very like mama, 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 mama yeah. cozy. Well, mine's all about mama cozy. So yeah. how are you like kind of negotiating and scheduling to get through that? So there isn't, I, I hate to say it, but I'm going to mom guilt. It's a thing. Oh yes, there is. There is a lot. I mean, it's crazy to navigate the schedule because it's one day at a time. If I start thinking about what am I going to do for the next two days, who who's going to do what, it just doesn't work for me. Um, it stresses me to the point that I don't need any more stress than what I already have to do. So when we go on tour, I have this huge, amazing family of dancers who love both of us and has embraced us from day one. So I have no say on that because I think if I didn't have them, I definitely wouldn't be able to be the mom I am today. So they, I feel like they are the backbone. Like every coworker that works with me, help carry my bag to my room, help with Laura to sleep, help hold her while I'm on stage. Like it's one gift and it's a beautiful gift. And I will always cherish that. Um, there is a lot of mom guilt, especially with timing. So when we are in New York, her time to go to sleep every day, it's at 7.38 when we are on tour, I'm going on stage that time. So I know she's grumpy. I know she's exhausted and she's like, get me out of here. But there is a lot of things that I also have to put in consideration, which is not that I'm just not done on stage, but dancer's life, we are not financially stable. And it doesn't matter who you are, unless if you were dancing, maybe New York City Ballet or ABT, you wear the salary or like even maybe Alvin Ellie where the salary, it's hugely amazing. Um, you can have nannies, you can have nighters. Like I'm a part of this dance mom groups where everybody's active, dan active dancers at ABT and New York City Ballet. And some of them has nighters. Some of them has babysitters helping them. Like I am the nighter. I am the babysitter. So for that reason, sometimes it's really hard to um, balance it out. And also um, Dance City of Harlem, it's a touring company. So it's not like we are in New York. And you it's know. not a sit down. You're, you're going like yeah. two nights here. Exactly. Three nights here. Always going to every place. And this is what I chose. And I'm really blessed. So I have to find ways to cope. Um, one of the plans now that Laura turned to, um, it's finding like a nice preschool for her so she can start getting the sense of what it is and maybe having my mom come over from Brazil and help us and, you know, spend the season with us and see what happens. Um, I have to ask, do you find that there's a little sense of you of not wanting to ask for extra family help? Oh, no. I struggled. Mm -mm. I, struggled. I, had, like, I had trouble with that. I was like, no, 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 no. I got it. No, I can do it. I never, never. I need help. I call everybody. Even if I had your number, be like, hey, are you busy tomorrow? Can you watch Laura for me? No, I am not that person. Because seeing from my friend's experience, not judging, but why would you struggle so much? Because you mm -hmm. think you can make it, but we are humans and we're not going to make it. So I'm saving myself the trouble. I'm not going to make it. I already assumed that I won't. Um, I cannot be a superwoman. So if anyone is out there and you need help, please go ask for help. 
there is no need to struggle because sometimes also there is that comparison with other moms. Well, they made it. I'm going to have to make it work, but you are not them and everybody has a different life. So I'm never struggling to ask for help. I always ask for help, especially because our family doesn't live here. I mean, they have to cross the ocean to get here. So it's right. a different sense for me. It's like, mm -mm. if help is needed, I will ask. And you know what? Um, I wish I would have met you about five <laughs> months ago where I was not asking for help. And I was at the bottom of a pool, just drowning. You know, and I, and I think it's so wonderful that you said to ask for it because yeah. I was so stubborn and um, I sit here, you and I are in a recording. I'm in Uganda. Like I've brought my daughter to where my husband is, where he's building his business. And we are so proud of him. And I said, I need help and I need your support. Mm -hmm. And he said, then come here. And I go, great, we're coming. Yeah. We're packing yeah. our bags, we're here. And I tell you what, I've, I've never been a better parent because Good. of it. Good. Because you feel like you're more present, right? Yeah. When you're able, when you're able to a do what you love, but and then b and b is the same as a, as you're able to be the best parent you can be. It's you sleep better, you just mm -hmm. are better, and yeah. then all of those ingredients are needed, right, to just get through every day. Exactly, and I think that's the thing. I often hear so many people like, I need to get this perfectly. This has to be this way. And then, oh, what am I doing as a parent? It's a living, learning lesson. We mm -hmm. not all always know everything. We don't. And mm -hmm. that's a fact. And that is fine being a fact. And that is fine being our stories. It's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to not be able to figure it out. It's okay to give, like, Laura, we had a birthday party for Laura in our home on Sunday. She had so much sugar. And then my friends were like, this is her fourth cupcake. And I was like, so what? Oh, she's eating sugar. I said, this is her birthday. Pick your battles. True. Very and true. She's going to be upset one day of the year that she wants to have a lot of sugar just because she, no, it's okay. And then I think for that sense as well, I make peace with myself as, yes. She's having sugar. She might not going to go to sleep. What do you want? And it, and I feel like learning that without judging so much, it really helps release, you know, and that's how I've, I've been dealing with. The, the ups and downs and all arounds of parenting. Yeah, because you learn, you live and you learn. No, you do. How does that how does that then translate into your own self and your work ethic and you as a dancer on stage now? Because wow. the, the perfection, right? That perfection, yeah. the uh, oh, I didn't do this right. And oh, I'm going to stay an extra tonight on stage because I didn't do this, that and the other. How has the world of parenting now bounced onto your world, Ingrid, as a professional dancer? I think for me, it has one of the best things that have happened in my life. I mean, I've been always very, very professional and very perfectionist, but I can say for sure that I do know my body now. Like when you meet a dancer, they're like, oh, yes, I know my body. You don't. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. It's a huge transformation. And even psychologically, I know every single bone maybe where it hurts, maybe where it doesn't hurt, what I can do, what I cannot do, 
what I but I also I feel like my presence on stage when I'm approaching different works when I'm dancing different stuff like it's so different and also when I look at my coworkers now or when I'm in situations that I'm like wow I'm a mom now I'm listening you now, don't sweat the small stuff yeah or like now I know where they're coming from sometimes mm-hmm. when you don't have the sense of caring for a living life that you were shaping you don't really know how that works because we are so busy doing our own thing mind your business mind your business go do your business but when there is other people or when you have your own that you really listen or see it's so interesting and i feel like that had me that has made me a better human like i go on stage with a different presence it's a different glow it's a different approach to the work it's a different approach to work with choreographers like i feel amazing and in a way kind of i wish that would happen before but again everything happens for a reason so let me enjoy yeah it is the journey yeah. well now that you are definitely vastly into the terrible twos and welcome oh tell me about it girl Oh, I, I, I wish you so much luck with that. Thank you. <laughs> so much luck. I'm going to need it. I, I always say this. My daughter was born in the terrible twos. She came out roaring. She has been roaring away for the near. Now she, she'll be three uh, next month. And wow. oh my goodness, she is just roaring away. What do you know now as, as, as a mom, just... put the performer to the side. What do you know now in the two years of your parenting that you would like to pass the torch and kind of give a little words of wisdom to that expecting busy mumsy? So I think the terrible choose for me just started. Um, It's really interesting. She's at the point now that she's learning a lot of stuff. Everything's so new, but there is also a lot of screaming for no reason. And I'm like, why are you screaming? But it's also a way of them to trying to get attention. So I think patience are one of the most important thing. And you're going to need it. And eventually, kids teach you patience. And I think that has been really, really, really amazing for me. Um, it's learning where she's coming from and learning how to have that patience, learning why these reactions are happening and talk. Um, I also believe that raising kids nowadays it doesn't have to you can talk to them like you can talk to another human in that sense i i don't feel i don't do that personally i'm not like oh you know little baby well i try to explain to her as much as i can in the kids way but very mom to daughter or this is what's going to happen or understand that there is good things that could happen and there is consequences. So don't do that. And I explain the why. I think the whys are very important because I remember when I was young, my mom explained the whys, but not really. Like she was from a different time and sense that it, it was her way and that was the only way. That was and, nice. I, and I took that from me that I was like, I don't want to do that. There, there has to be a why. And I think that's what I do with Laura. And I think in that sense, also being part of the, the moms group, we just founded recently. I would love to invite you to get to know more. It's called Dancers and Motherhood. 
and embraces all kinds of dancers from all over the world. Um, I co-founded this organization with uh, Shin, um, Alison, Debona, and Grace. Um, we are all different dancers from different walks of life. And we are creating a platform to give voice to women. So you can share your stories anonymously if you want to. You can share your stories um, by video. You can share tips with new moms. Um, our idea is to create a community that it's more inclusive on the dance world where people doesn't think that once you have a baby, you are done. It's not about that anymore. And we want to change this and we will change this. Oh, I have no doubt. I, I have no doubt. I'm actually following the page and um, I can't wait to see what else happens with what you're doing. Cause my, my, my last question is to you, Ingrid, as a mom, as a star continuing to rise, like there is, you're, you're not done. You are not done. You are still on the rise. What lies ahead for you as a mama bear, as the performer, what, what are your hopes and dreams that you hope to see attained for 2023 and beyond? Well, I want to keep dancing. Um, I've been working with William Forsythe um, in a ballet called Bar Project. And that ballet has really changed my life in many ways. Also, me meeting William, uh, Will Forsythe has been changed my my whole perspective as a dancer i started doing that ballet uh we've been working on for a year now we started doing it when i first came back from postpartum and i think it was five to seven months or so um i felt awful i was not even being able to jump or get off the floor it was rough but i fight my way through it and when i look videos from before and now i'm like wow you really has put some work into this and being able to do that, like we'll be performing in New York in April. And I cannot wait because even if maybe we don't know what the future holds, but if it's the last thing that I do, I'll be very well accomplished. And I will be like, wow, I'm thriving. So I think for me, that's that. I'm really excited to perform the ballet. Um, I also um, want to be able to translate my book and bring it to the States because I think that will be amazing. It will help a lot of people. It will help a lot of moms. Um, it will take me to a different place here where people really know my story. There is the Instagram sense and there is nothing like reading someone's story by them. You know, I wrote the book, so I'm really excited for that. And I can't wait for, for people to get them. And I wanted actually to make my own performance. Um, I want to create a one-night-only show where I invite um, many dancers of colors from globally and, and put a show together. I mean, that has been a dream of mine, so I hope to accomplish that and see where motherhood will take me and things that I've been creating and, and doing it um, will go. Wow. Well, I will keep cheering you on from Uganda. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's so inspiring. And for any mother, father, you know, sibling that's raising another child and you feel like you're at the bottom of the pool right now, I think you should always go back to this podcast and listen to it again for some inspiration that we're a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit, right? Mm -hmm. we, we just got to dig a little deeper each time 
And my goodness, we really can truly impress ourselves. And that's a great thing. Yeah. Ingrid Silva, thank you so, so much for coming on the Busy Mumsy podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Did you like it, Adia? Yes! Oh, the enthusiasm. I love it. Please share your love by giving us a five-star rating, a rockin' review, and please share with any fellow Busy Mumsies. We love hearing from you. So if you want to get in touch, head to the Busy Mumsy show notes for further details and links to the Busy Mumsy website. So long for now. Can you say bye-bye, Adia? Bye-bye, Adia. <laughs> Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.